Let's pray. Father, my prayer this morning is that we would know your goodness and that we would approach you with faith. Amen. So June 5th of this year at midnight, I went to take the dog out for a walk, and uh, two of the neighbors were sitting across the street on the tailgate of a pickup truck, drinking and smoking and talking about God. And uh, so I took the opportunity to invite myself into their conversation. And uh, I remember which night it was because um, Angie was just getting home from the ER with Josiah after he broke his arm, and that's why I was up so late. Um, but they were just sitting there talking about God, and so I entered into the conversation, and uh, our neighbor Julie had just had a lot of questions about God. And, um, you know, it was interesting because just over a year ago, we moved to that neighborhood at K.I. Sawyer um, just to join other Christians that are out there to live in that neighborhood intentionally. Um, and so, you know, it took about a year of getting to know people before we knew people well enough to have these kind of conversations. So, um, so I was just excited about that. But Julie had a lot of questions about God. And one of those questions was, you know, why does God let me struggle with anxiety? You know, it's so, so severe that sometimes I'm just debilitated and I can't function. Um, she also said, I feel like I don't want to bother God about my little problems. Like, he's got bigger issues to deal with, and it seems like my, you know, my issues aren't important enough to bother God with. And so I assured her that God's not too busy to be bothered with her problems. Um, he loves her, and so if it matters to her, it matters to him. I shared some stories about, you know, praying to God about things that, that I wasn't even quite sure he was super concerned about, but, you know, I misplaced my wallet a lot, and so I'm always like, all right, God, I know that you can help me find this. But, but the thing is, when he answers those prayers for those dumb little things, you're like, wait, you do care about the little things of my life, and it's so encouraging. So shared some of those things with her. Well, shortly after that conversation, I read Jesus' teaching on prayer in Luke 11, and after reading that passage, I felt like, you know, I think I've been on the right track, but I don't think I'm practicing prayer fully the way that Jesus invites me to. I don't think I'm bold enough. I don't think I expect enough. I don't think, uh, I think sometimes I give up too easily in prayer. And so I've been just mulling over this passage for several months, and that's what I'm going to share about this morning from Luke chapter 11. And as we enter into reading that, I just wonder what your prayer life looks like. Do you feel like you can't bother God with small problems? Or maybe it's a big problem, but you, you're hesitant to ask him. Or maybe you're boldly asking God for things that you know are in agreement with his will. And I also wonder, what about your roommates or your family members or your neighbors? Do they know that God has invited them to approach him with those needs? So we're going to start in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. It says this, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. 
I think that's the more familiar part of Jesus' answer to their question about how to pray. Uh, a lot of churches recite that prayer. Um, some of us have used that when we're not sure how to pray. Uh, we just use that as a starting point. And it's important to note that it starts with glorifying God as God and putting his will before our own. Because if we're entering into prayer and we're putting our will before his, we're not going to get very far. But when we put his will first and we start praying for the things that he wants to give us, then we can pray with a lot of confidence. So then he says uh, to ask for daily bread. And I think that means that even though, you know, we pray about the big things in our lives, the, the long-term things, the crisis situations, the major needs, he's saying ask for your daily bread as well. So like the things that, that are just small, everyday things, routine things, he's inviting us to come and ask him to meet those needs. Then he says pray for forgiveness of sins. We need forgiveness for our sins. And the good news is that God offers that forgiveness to us. We just need to ask for it. And then the challenge that he kind of sneaks in there, we're also expected to forgive those who sinned against us. And then he says, pray like this, lead us not into temptation. So we're called to live a holy and righteous life, but we can't do it on our own. We need to do it in cooperation with God. And so he says to ask him to be a part of that. But today, I want to move past this first part of his answer and focus on what he says next. And, uh, you know, this year, really since, since the lock-ins or whatever we call them and having a lot of, a lot of time at home, um, I've just been digging into some passage of Scripture that I haven't read in a while, and I'm amazed at all the stuff I'm getting out of those, those Scriptures. So studying with teenagers and then the men's Bible study on Sunday nights, um, it's so cool to read a passage you've seen before, and yet God is showing you new things. And so that's what God did with this passage for me. So Jesus, now remember, he's continuing to answer the question of how should we pray? And he says this. He gives them a parable. He says, suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one, to who, the one who knocks, to him the door will be opened. So, so the disciples say, teach us how to pray. And part of Jesus' answer is to ask repeatedly with shameless audacity. And I looked at other ways that that, that word is translated. Sometimes it's translated persistence or shameless persistence or importunity. I had to look that word up because I didn't know what it was. Importunity which comes from two words, meaning not modest. Jesus is saying, approach God with prayers that are not modest and ask with shameless, audacious persistence until he answers. And it's ironic that our kids do this all the time when we tell them to stop. Sorry, guys. To ask with persistence to the point of annoyance, that's importunity. Parents, have you been there? Um, 
But this is actually what Jesus says that God wants us to do. Now, maybe sometimes the issue is that our kids are asking for more popcorn with shameless persistence, and we, we know that's not what's best for them, and we've already said no. Uh, but maybe we'd see more of our prayers answered if we would stop asking God for more popcorn and figure out what are the things he wants to give us and pursue those things. So we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. In James chapter 4, it says, you do not have because you do not ask God. Let that sink in. You do not have because you haven't asked God yet. And sometimes we do ask, but he says we don't receive because we ask with the wrong motives that we may spend what we get on our pleasures. So God's not a genie uh, who's just there to give us anything that we dream up. Um, but he does want us to bring real needs to him in prayer. So this is God's idea of prayer. Come to him, ask, seek, knock. In fact, pound on the door repeatedly and don't stop until he answers. And some of you have been pounding on the door for a certain prayer request for a while. But don't give up because Jesus said, keep knocking. He said, the man kept knocking and the neighbor finally got up out of bed and brought him the bread. A few weeks ago, Angie drove 10 hours to Minnesota with all four of our kids to visit her family. Some of you understand what that means about my wife's courage and fortitude. Some of you college students missed that part. Um, that's a long trip with four kids. Uh, and I love Angie, and she's good to me. This morning, I overslept, so I was down putting these PowerPoint slides together, and she showed up with hot breakfast. Some of you might not eat this for breakfast, but it was eggs and sweet potatoes and Brussels sprouts and sausage. She spoiled me today, so thank you. But I love her, and she got to Minnesota, and she called me, and she said, you need to pray for me. My emotions are under attack. And it's not something that happened just a one-time thing or for the first time, but it was really, really severe. And so I had just been studying this passage in Luke 11 and thinking about what I needed to take out of this. And, and really, I, I felt like I wanted to speak on this, but I was like, God, I don't think I can speak on that yet because I don't think I've really put it into practice. And I don't, can't talk about it if I'm not doing it. And, uh, and so that was an, an opportunity for me to pound on the door. And so I was just praying for her that God would, would lift that attack on her emotions. And I just, I started pounding on the table, like not demanding of God, but I was like, God, I'm knocking on the door. Like you have the bread that my wife needs and I'm asking you to give it to her. And I pounded on the door again. I was like, I'm taking you at your word. You said that this is how we should pray. And I've always believed since I've known the Lord, that prayer made a difference. And yet, I think Jesus' teaching is changing my perspective on how I approach that. So I mentioned, um, you know, not praying for more popcorn. You know, we can pray for a lot of things that God doesn't think we need, and uh, he's not necessarily going to answer those prayers. So what are some of the things that we can pray for and know that God wants to give us? So one of those from the Lord's Prayer that we looked at earlier, um, he says, pray for daily bread. And we do have a part in this besides asking. Um, you know, he teaches elsewhere, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things, our daily needs, will be added to you as well. 
So as we're asking him to meet those daily needs, we need to be putting his kingdom first and then asking him to meet the rest of those needs. Here's another promise that he's told us. If you pray and ask for this, I will answer. Is if we ask for forgiveness of sins. So 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. There's a verse for America today. I'm sure some of you have been praying that already, but our nation needs to repent and turn back to the Lord. And this is one that I don't, I don't think we need to pound on the door. When we ask God for forgiveness, I think we just ask. And if we're asking with sincerity, if our hearts are repentant, I don't think we beg for forgiveness. Jesus already died to pay for that. He's already offered it to us. We just need to ask forgiveness. The next prayer that I believe Jesus has already promised to answer um, in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So if you've never memorized that verse yet, I encourage you to memorize that one. You know, sometimes when you're tempted, you just, you believe the lie that like, well, I've just, you know, I've given into this before. I'm going to give in it, into it again. Nothing's going to change, right? But God, God said otherwise. He says, ask for the way out, and he will provide it. And then these last two are two of my favorite promises in Scripture. Um, and working with young people for a long time, uh, I've shared these ones a lot with them. So this next one is to ask for wisdom. James chapter 1, verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, if any of you, nobody excluded, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. What I love about this is like you could have lived your whole life as a complete fool, ignoring everything that God has ever said. But when you realize that you're a fool and you want wisdom, what does he say? He won't find any fault with you for your past mistakes if you say, God, I know that I need to change, I don't deserve anything, but you've promised wisdom and I know that I need it, what does it say he's going to do? He's going to give it to you generously without finding fault. What an awesome promise. And then back to Luke chapter 11. This is just finishing up Jesus' answer to the question about how we should pray. He says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So there you have, if you don't have wisdom, ask it, and God's promised to give it. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, ask God, and he's promised to give you the Holy Spirit. So there's five incredible promises. Jesus says, ask and you will receive. And here's five specifics that he said, if you ask for these, you'll receive them. Our daily provision, forgiveness of our sins, the ability to overcome temptation, wisdom to know how to live, and God's very presence in our life through his Holy Spirit. But we have to ask. And like I read before, sometimes we don't receive because we haven't asked. 
I think a great example of this is the story of blind Bartimaeus. So in scripture, there's a blind man, he's a beggar at the city gate. And you know, he, he's poor because he can't work, because he's blind. But he's heard of Jesus. And he believes that Jesus is the Messiah, the promised son of God. And he believes with faith that Jesus could heal him. But the problem is he's stuck at the city gate. And so one day he hears, he hears a bunch of noise he asks what's going on, and people say it's Jesus. And he sees the opportunity, because the faith is already there. But now here's his opportunity. And so he shouts out, son of David, have mercy on me. And I think about, you know, every once in a while, you run across somebody on the street who seems a little bit like something's not quite right, and they're doing something that seems not quite right. And you, you just kind of look at them, you think, like, I wonder what's going on with that person. Um, and maybe they start making a scene, and everybody's getting a little bit uncomfortable. And so how do we normally respond to those things? You know, we, maybe we walk a little faster, we look away. But here this man is sitting in his dirty clothes. He's, he's yelling out, son of David, have mercy on me. And the people tell him to be quiet. They're like, hey, just cut it out. And so everybody else just sees the blind beggar who's maybe acting a little crazy. But what does Jesus see? You know, he sees a man with great faith. He sees a model for prayer. He sees what everybody else that's with him needs to learn about approaching God. And so Jesus calls to Bartimaeus, tells him to come. And then he says, what do you want me to do for you? Think of all, you know, all the things he could have asked. And you know, he could have maybe asked for a better place to stay, you know, someone to take him in, take care of him. But it's interesting to me that in his great faith, he shoots for the moon. Like he asks for the biggest thing that he could think of in his life, right? He asks, he says, I want to see. And Jesus says, your faith has healed you. And so maybe in your life, it's not the daily bread that you're wrestling with. Maybe it's that, that big issue that you've hesitated to bring to God because it just seems like maybe something that he wouldn't change. Or maybe you've been asking for a long time and it hasn't changed. And it just feels like maybe I just need to stop. And yet, here we have this example of Bartimaeus asking in faith. And some of you this morning, you, know, you might have heard about Jesus. You're here in church today, but you don't really understand or you don't really have eyes to see. You don't really understand why the people around you walk with him the way that they do. And maybe that's what your prayer this morning needs to be is, you know, Jesus, open my eyes. The scripture says, you know, the enemy, the spirit of this age has blinded the eyes of those who don't believe. And maybe your, your prayer needs to be, Jesus, today, open my eyes so I can understand who you are. So if you're here today and you've never asked God for forgiveness of sin and the filling of the Holy Spirit, that's the entry point. That's the entry point into receiving God's promises and walking with him for the rest of your life. If you've never done that, I just want to encourage you today, don't leave today without praying those prayers that Jesus has promised to answer. If you're struggling to make ends meet or you're wrestling with temptation, bring those needs to God because he cares about those things and he's promised to provide an answer. 
If you need wisdom for how to live out your life in a way that's pleasing to God, you're wrestling with a hard decision, bring that to God in prayer and ask him for wisdom. So I want to leave you with this today. What is your greatest need that you, you come to church today with a great need in your life that needs to be met? It might be one of those five things that I mentioned. It might be some specific thing that you're going through. I want to encourage you today, bring that need to Jesus. You know, we're not bringing it to him. There, there's some faiths that believe in a God that, you know, you come to him and maybe, maybe like he'll show some grace, like maybe on a good day he'll answer that prayer. But we have a God who said, we said, how should we pray? And he said, come to me with shameless audacity and pound on the door until I give you an answer. So don't stop asking till you receive. Don't stop seeking until you find. Don't stop knocking until the door has been opened. This is what Jesus has invited us and asked us to do. Now, maybe you already pray like that, but I just want to encourage you, like my conversation with my neighbor, Julie, across the street, maybe there's somebody around you who doesn't see God the way that you do, and they need, they need you to explain to them this God that has invited them to bring their needs in prayer. Our neighbor, Julie, and her family, um, they're moving away tomorrow. And when we moved to K.I. Sawyer, we prayed that God would use us to reach people in our neighborhood and especially just right on our street. And uh, so these people have lived right across the street for the past year. Tomorrow they're moving away. But so I asked her, I said, you know, Julie, I've been thinking about our conversation back in June, and I want to mention it in church today, but I wanted to ask your permission to share that story. And her response just totally blew me away. I had no idea what had been going on in her since that conversation. And here's what she said. She said, that changed my life. Three exclamation points. Yes, please share. I have so much more to learn. That conversation, the prayer, that information on learning to pray like that has given me more strength and peace than I could have ever thought possible. Jesus' teaching on prayer is such good news. So I'm working on trying to put that into practice and praying with more faith and more persistence and more shameless audacity and importunity. But let's also tell the world about our good, good Father who's given us this wonderful invitation to prayer.